You see, people collect all kinds of things. New, old, priceless, worthless. Darling, it doesn't matter what. I simply must know why. Those mothballs shouldn't get to keep all the secrets. This is the Mothball Prophecies. Hello and welcome to the Mothball Prophecies. I'm Samantha Mashburn. And I'm Jill Huffman. And today we're joined by someone we've mentioned in a previous episode. And since we mentioned her, I couldn't wait to ask her to be on our show. She creates beautiful art in so many different forms and captured our interest with her resin jello mold lamps. Welcome to the show, Elrod, creator of Mexikitch. Hi. Welcome, welcome. (laughs) Welcome. Thank you for having me. Oh man, thank you so much for being here. I... Um, like we were saying before we started recording that where I first saw your work was I was just scrolling on Instagram and I saw this jello mold and I was like, hold on a minute. This is impeccable. <laughs> and then I scrolled down to like the caption of it and I was like, shut the fuck up. It's resin. <laughs> How like I have a million questions that I want to get to about all of your art because then I did just a real deep Instagram dive like I do <laughs> and scooped. <laughs> All the way down and then back up to the resin art lamps, which is not where you started. That's fairly new for you. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yes. Very new. So you live in California, right? In the Bay-ish. I do. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Did you grow up there? No, I'm originally from Southern California, from the inland Oh. Uh, specifically Riverside is where I was born and raised. So I'm a river slimer, as we say. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I transplanted myself up to the Bay Area in 2007. Oh, okay. So, was that? I'm bad at math. Is that 14, 13 years? Good job. Yeah. Good job, team. Everybody, we did. (laughs) Um, I work in fractions for work. I'm a hairdresser by trade. So, if you want to throw some like ounces at me, grams. We'll be good there, but well, just is take... that your wheelhouse? Oh, <laughs> yeah, please. that's where I operate out of. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was gonna call it long form edition just to be an ass. Long form edition isn't my strong suit. It's not where I reside primarily. What brought you to the Bay Area? Were you moving for work or family? Um, kind of. It's my whole family just kind of one by one ended up migrating this way uh, for work or for school, and then I kind of ended up being the last one down there in Riverside, just like what's next and uh my brother my older brother my only older sibling or my only sibling who's older than me he came up here first and we're like best friends we're super close like total kindred spirits type of thing like we're really close in age and um he's an artist too he's a musician and a chef oh wow and we have very similar personalities and he came to the bay and he dude like you need to be up here like what are you doing in Riverside? like you're gonna do a whole lot of nothing down there and um, he's right. Like within a year of being up here, I was aggressively making art, whereas down under side, it was just kind of hobbyish. I mean, I did it because I loved it. You know, I still like drew and did stuff every day, but I never did it with a purpose. Yeah. But the second I came up here, all of a sudden I'm surrounded by nothing but like productive artists, like left and right. I had like kind of no choice but just be like, oh, I guess this is what you do. And I just kind of there she went. <laughs> Everybody just make art now. Now. Don't stop. Just make it. Yeah, just start. <laughs> Just do it. Were you yeah. were you always like doing art types of things as a kid? Did you always lean towards that creative side? Yeah, total lone wolf kid growing up. Like didn't really have a whole lot of friends. Like it's not like I didn't try or like I was like a social outcast. Like I have like, you know, an outgoing personality. I just really prefer 
to be alone with my art supplies. <laughs> like that to me is like heaven. And the fact that I can do that whenever I want, I'm like, <laughs> well, that's all I'm going to do all the time. But I know my mom jokes around and she tells this really terrible story. And it's actually <laughs> in her eyes, I was doing art as an infant. Um, and ever since yeah, you, I can, <laughs> you guys might already have ideas of what that might mean, but I was doing wall murals. Oh, um, as a child, poop caso, if you will, yeah, yeah. Caso, yes, <laughs> so poop precisely, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. So from that moment on, I've just been a creative person. Oh, like that's cool. I feel like um, I'm in a creative field. Also, I do hair for a living. And I feel like a lot of people that are creative as kids go into something with art. Um, I was always I always thought I could like draw something. I'm not a gifted artist in like creating realism and things like that. And I was always frustrated by that. But you get my hands in some hair. And Mm. it's that's where I really that's where your masterfulness comes out. It's That's like, awesome. It's like sculpting to me, like creating, like when I first started out, I I'm heavily influenced by like the forties and fifties and the styling hairstyling yeah. of that mm-hmm. time. And when I first started learning how to style hair, that was all I did was like pinup stuff and oh, I love it. rockabilly stuff. And just the, as big as I could get it to figure out how to make it look the way it, did and so when i think i first came across your art with the hair paintings several Mm -hmm. years ago early on instagram and i had Mm -hmm. seen them and i was like oh my gosh i love this and i was following (laughs) a lot of creators out of california Mm -hmm. and i i just i yeah that the hair speaks to me on a different level because you do such a beautiful job compositionally like thank you make it actually look like a real hairstyle it's so cool yeah it's super cool that's this this um hair has always actually been a driving force in my artwork um ex- until the jello molds came in <laughs> and just kind of threw everything in the trash from I was like oh my god I thought I was a painter this whole time turns out I'm a sculptor who knew who knew but everything up before this was just all hair driven like I am a hair obsessed person like I have such a love and appreciation for it what yeah. started that for you what was your like when did you realize like hair was just like the shit like I did <laughs> Well, so like I, you see, I have like a mop, a head of hair. Ever since I was a child, I've been known for my hair. Like my mom was like the 80s Aquanet queen. And so she would like send me out of the house with like a poodle puff here and like, you know, like big <laughs> things happening. She had my hair permed when I was like in second grade. And I had this like, oh, Lord. Massive, yeah, like with yeah. bows. And stuff. You know, yeah, the whole look. And so like hair has always been like a thing in my family and in my life. Like it's always been like the center of my universe. Mm-hmm. And then just growing up, I got really um, inspired by my grandma. She ended up raising me or like we lived with each other from when I was 13 and on. And she was obsessed with like Rodgers and Hammerstein and, and Golden Era Hollywood. Like this was like her passion. Cause she grew up in LA and was like there at like the Oscars and like mm-hmm. like like all of her memories and throwbacks were always of movie stars. And so I was just like enamored with this whole scenario and this idea of glamorous, beautiful women that were just like, you can't you just want to stare at them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're like little like yeah. human jewels. Like, oh my God, there's gorgeous. So oh no, I've just been totally obsessed since then. Well, you do have great hair. Like I make hair contact before I make eye contact most of the time. <laughs> I know. I'm so happy. I'm like, oh, she has as much hair as I do. Yeah. you guys have very similar hair i was gonna like throw this out on instagram because i just wanted to check because i've heard it here and there from other people 
I'm pretty sure it's all stress related, but I feel like a lot of people lost hair like in this past year because of how stressful life has been. Mm-hmm. Like this is actually like I'm I'm shocked at how much I've I've lost. It's starting to grow back again. But no, this past year was brutal on the hair lovers and the hair havers. I, I was, swear to God. I was going to ask if you, how nerdy do you want me to get with it? Because there's a real <laughs> like reason it. for it. I'd like to. Let's so, get into it. Okay. So any type of time you have stress or real bad sickness, cancer, hysterectomy, weight loss, surgery, um, traumatic injuries, anything like that, or stress. So divorce, grief, um, really anything that causes your body to just kind of panic, like you might die. Yeah. Um, your hair and your fingernails are like superfluous to your survival. So your body, as soon as you get sick, your body goes, okay, stop sending our energy to our hair and our nails. We need to focus on the trauma that's happening elsewhere. And it's called telogen effluvium. And it's where your hair actually skips a growth step. Cause there's, Catagen, antigen, intelligen, three growth phases with the Uh hair, resting, growing, and then falling out. And so it skips the growth phase. I know, I'm sorry. It skips the growth (laughs) phase. I'm like, are you actually a scientist? (laughs) (laughs) It's a problem. So it skips the growth phase, but your hair continues to fall out on its normal schedule and maybe Mm -hmm. a little more amped up because you're stressed or sick. So you're you're like taking a couple steps back and then you have to catch back up. So Mm -hmm. like I had COVID and one of the symptoms of COVID, depending on how severe you have it, is hair loss because your body is trying to. Mm -hmm. So I usually I usually ask people when they sit down and I can tell there's a lot of new growth in their hair because new growth in hair is kind of pointed on the ends instead of Mm -hmm. a break. Mm -hmm. And I usually will ask, I go in the last year to nine months, was there anything in your life that happened that was life changing? Mm-hmm. And then some people will go, oh, I got divorced. I had a baby. Uh-huh. Um, somebody died. I had weight loss surgery. I had cancer. Uh, those types of things. And I go, okay. Now we're, and then you're also dealing with the hair that grows out from that is trauma hair. So it has a different kind of reaction to stuff. So goddamn trauma hair. Oh mm-hmm. my god. So there's that in a nutshell. The reader's digest for <laughs> oh you. You see my face? I'm just like <laughs> soaking in every bit of this. Oh my god. Okay. So yeah. All right. Good. You hear that? There's hope for you, like girls. You guys got it. Yeah. It's, gonna, it's gonna come. <laughs> yeah. And then this year, I mean, it was a, just stressful on so many levels for everybody. And I think we all just started operating at such a high trauma level. Yes. Like we're just always here. Instead of being like careless dipshits down here that don't really care about anything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah. So there's, I'm glad we talked about this. I'm glad we got to, you got any hair issues? Just go ahead and send me a DM. (laughs) We'll figure it out. Now I know who to turn to. (laughs) I loved, I like, and it's with the show too. I like the nitty gritty of stuff and why stuff works and how stuff works. And awesome. Yeah. It leads to endless rabbit holes beyond mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, with with you yeah it's a problem with your yeah. hair artwork yeah because i love what you do to normal portraits mm-hmm. and then you just like glam it the fuck up and give it this mm-hmm. a great big do mm-hmm. now what mediums do you work with when you're painting um like your hair portraits what are your tools of the trade? So uh, predominantly it's uh, acrylic. So just regular acrylic paints. 
I don't have any brand specific um, or it's not brand specific at all. It's kind of whatever color I like. I'm like, oh, that's the one. I have a whole bag full of mixed brands and I just go for it. I usually work in a lot of tones of pink. Pink's like my favorite color ever. And I just can't get away from it in my paintings. It's like an undertone or like it all branches off from pink. It never fails. Um, and then glitter, obviously, like I'm really known for my glitter work and all of everything I've done since 2007 has had glitter in it or some kind of form of luster because I'm obsessed with it. I love it so much. And the whole science behind that, like that's like a whole other, have you nerded out on that one? Because that's a real good one you can get into. Give it to us. What? Are, what's oh, well, the, let me tell you. So I don't know if you can, you know, let's get started. It's my turn. Wags her finger so, like round up. Come on, everybody. All right, let's go. Let's do this. So I, I've had this thing, um, a lot of people have, it's really common, where when you see something that sparkles or like you look at a diamond or something, you kind of salivate a little bit or you get just like that heightened, you know, the heart rate goes up a little bit, you get really excited. And I learned that that's actually because we have, it's from our primal instinct and our number one goal as these creatures that are just alive is to, it's our continuous search for water because without it, we die. So water is like the one thing that's always on the back of our brain, whether you realize it or not, because you need it to live. Look at your face, you're getting it. So we're, we're, we're when, repeating, I, I just did this to you, now you're doing it back to me. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> so when you see things that sparkle, it it triggers that primal instinct of like the like the shimmer of water or the, and that makes you salivate. Like that'll make you instinctually think of that. It relates to that, that whole thing of yeah. survival that element yeah holy shit. so when i learned that i was like oh my god that makes so much sense because i'll seriously look at like an opal and will like need a towel because i'm just like losing my mind i'm like why is that and a scientist explained it to me oh, sure. <laughs> that's so cool i thought it was i was yeah. speaking of opals you should come here we have like a you pick opal mine I've always wanted to go to one of those and <laughs> so you go and you have a bucket and a spray bottle yes. And you sit on a mound of dirt and you just spray rocks and look for them to sparkle. <laughs> that is like, that. yeah, that would be like a dream. Nothing makes me happier <laughs> than just like solitude in a bucket of rocks. I know. Yeah, that's like my happy spot. Uh-huh. Just put me in the woods. <sighs> with we'll a bucket. A trip. Well, now I know yeah. why I like glitter. And if my husband ever wants to talk shit about it, I'll just be like, listen, it's my, my monkey brain. <laughs> I'm mimicking water I need it because I'm surviving. <laughs> I love glitter. I love shiny things. I love <laughs> anything sparkly. I, from a very young age, was obsessed with drag queens. The first time I saw a drag queen, I was like, "Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. This makes sense." Mm. And I. Like all, and then you'd lead, you know, you go down the rabbit hole of all the drag culture and makeup and hair and wigs and glitter and glam. I mean, you put a little sprinkle of glitter on anything immediately, it's like a hundred times more enticing and better. A hundred times better. Beautiful. Yeah. So, glitter, glitter is an obsession of mine. <laughs> I'm infatuated <laughs> with it, it's all over my life. Uh, none of my ex boyfriends will forever forget about me because they'll still find traces of glitter in their houses. <laughs> Same, glitter everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, bobby pins and glitter. Just like you can't. Yes, that's your signature calling calling card. Yeah, instead of pig pen, it like with the the smoke clouds behind. It's just bobby pins and glitter. Glitter bombs. Some paintbrushes. (laughs) Do you remember Witchy Poo from? Is it Looney Tunes? She's yes. that green witch. I always try to cook bugs. And when she'd run away, there'd be like hairpins flying in the air. <laughs> That's like me. Like, I'll <laughs> like leave the room. It's just like a pile of hairpins. 
glitter and hairpins. Oh, I love it. Somebody needs to draw you as a cartoon like that, just running around. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Oh, I love glitter that. everywhere. So you mm-hmm. started. So you started with those paintings, the big hair paintings, and you were painting on like longboards and skateboards and really probably anything you could paint on. Right? Mm-hmm. Was this when you were still down in Southern California and you were working like more as a hobbyist versus? as a job or did the art stuff start when you went to Oakland? Like, so, so how it all actually started. So it was all kind of hobbyish. Uh, I did a more like, um, sixties style psychedelic art when I was down in Riverside, like total, like stoner mentality type of stuff. And as it was the time of day. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. So then I moved up here and, um, when I got just inspired about, you know, being around all these people, I'm like, well, what am I going to do? Like, what do I love? What's my voice? Like, what do I care about? Like, what can I, what do I want to paint about? And it would just became like, Oh, glamor. Like I'm going to do everything that's like glamorous. And, um, I started off doing actually, they were like, um, Catholic painting inspired artworks. So I would take like the Virgin Mary and put her in like a pinup bathing suit and like give, yeah. Right. And give her the hair and like and so it all kind of spawned from there. And I immediately was just, I'm going to go full pinup with it. And so um, that just kind of morphed into now. Um, and not that I felt like, I just saw a lot of like pinup work, a lot of pinup art. And so I kind of got like, like I'd seen it. I want to do something else, something different. And so then I evolved into the 60s era because there weren't, back when I started doing it, there was like nobody Mm-hmm. was really reproducing a lot of um, 60 style stuff. Now you see it's kind of like of the day, thanks to like Lana Del Rey. She kind of made it like a more, yeah, um, more hip thing with the, uh, with the kids these days. But, <laughs> uh, I was really into the kind of like the outlandishness of it, both with like the makeup and the hair of the 60s were totally like underrated to me because it was just like these bubbles and like so much hair, like the hair hoppers, like all that stuff just mm-hmm. like, threw me for a loop. I'm like, this is what I want to do with my life. This is what my hair was like bred for. And so I just got into it. And um, back then I was getting invited because I was friends with a lot of like skateboarders back then. They invited me. I think the very, one of the few first art shows I did up here were all based on um, skateboard art shows. And so everyone would have to do artwork on skateboards and um, surfboards and stuff like that. And so that's when like my show career kind of took off doing that stuff. But once I left, I kind of like evolved and started doing more gallery work. I stuck to just paintings and ended up doing uh, more resin work. That's what I introduced to the resin because I learned with glitter, um, if you want it to be its most maximum glitteriness, you have to give it a lens of light over it. And so that's what pouring resin does to glitter. Once you pass light over the resin, you're going to get maximum glitter effect. So like when I learned that concept, I was like, well, here we go. And so then it would became a game to me of figuring out how to layer resin and the paint to make it look like hair was like overlapping uh, and doing these different oh. things. Yeah. So it became, I started, and now that I look back on it, that's when I started working more dimensionally. Um, but it was as paintings. And then I was like, well, let's take it a step further. I started putting fake eyelashes in my portraits because I usually only do portraiture, but I started putting lashes in there. So then my painting started getting known for having pop out elements in their work. So people go to a gallery, it's like, oh, painting, painting. They're like, oh, my God, like, what is this? <laughs> and, lashes. and it's just like this, like, big, like, googly doll painting on the wall, you know? <laughs> oh, I love that. Because really, awesome. I can't think of any other time that that's been done. Like, right. You know, there's mixed media stuff with art, but 
That's cool. Like to put lashes on something to make it that third dimension. Yeah. I was like, why? Like, how can I get like my makeup into this painting? Because like I said, makeup and hair. I'm like, how can I push that to the max? Like, what, what if I push it to the brink of what I know is art? What's that going to look like? And I was like, oh, I'm going to put makeup in my paintings. <laughs> Well, the, you said the light thing and it instantly made sense in my head because that's how hair color works too with light refraction. Mm -hmm. Like when hair's wet, it looks darker because light can't pass through it. But when it's right. dry, it will look brighter. And then depending like golds shed um, reflect more light than ash colors and cool colors. Mm -hmm. So people like will be the same tone of blonde, but one will be ashy and one will be golden. They'll be like, she's lighter than I am. And it's like, not really. She's just moving more light than you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, light. Cool. <laughs> I know playing with light is an interesting thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, lighting is a real. Uh, it's a, the most important tool in an artist's toolbox if they don't know how to use it in the right way totally. with anything that you're doing. That's so true. Yeah, in any type of lighting, and then you moved into so you did this stuff, and then you started to move into bedazzling. Yes. Which like God yeah, bless I just you. Light up like yes, I yeah. did. But you were like yes. bedazzling and like making it looks like resin poured forties with bedazzle yes. labels. <laughs> yeah, you're you're looking at that right. I'm yeah. gonna call it the highest form of what I think it is because I love it and it's and it harkens to John Waters. It's trash art in the best way. Yes, like thank high you. camp. <laughs> yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for appreciating <laughs> What did you, were you just looking at a, an OE and you were like, how can I make you glam? Basically. <sighs> I have this, like, <laughs> I have this like strange, uh, kind of like concept in my head. Like with every piece that I do is I want every piece of artwork that I make to be kind of like a shrine or like an homage to that object. I want that object to be in its most glorified state of existence. You know what I mean? Like I want it to be like worshipped kind of in my brain. And so when I make these things, I'm like, well, what is like the ultimate 40 look like? I'm like, well, it's filled with gold for one, you know, and mm -hmm. the, the, the label's going to be glittering. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, but then, so I have the idea that I tried it. So I started 40. That was my first bedazzled piece. And um, it takes many hours it takes a uh, technique for sure. And you have to be a little like uh, unkeeled as a person, I guess, because it's very therapeutic to sit there and get lost in this cathartic like movement of mm, like attaching yeah, these tiny yeah. crystals. And like, I'll seriously get lost there. Hours will pass me and I won't even be aware of it because of how wonderfully lost I am in the process. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of became addicted to this. Like it really became like this high I was chasing to get lost, like in this little weird world I was like, I mean, really it, it was, I called it my therapy for sure. Yeah. But it was yeah. like my most, like probably my most strangest art movement I did myself. Cause I really lost myself in it. It was fun. <laughs> I can um, attest to that with two different things I do in my life. And one is when I plant seeds and grow stuff, I love to garden and it's the same. It's like the soil and the planting and that. But also when I make little paper putts houses, when I, I will spend four or five hours on one house and I'll do the same thing. I'll have like something going in the background and I just sit and cut and paint and decorate yes. and glitter. And then I look up and I'm like, it is two in the morning. Right. <laughs> And I'm working on a three-inch house. Isn't that such a great feeling, though? Mm -hmm. That's how I am when I, I bake it. cakes, when I do my cakes. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> my husband will be like, you've been in the kitchen for six hours. Are you coming out? No. <laughs> like, leave me to this. I'm making I think that's how you know it's like a real passion like versus a hobby. It's just because when you lose yourself in it, you mm-hmm. know, like that's it, that, that to me is beautiful. I love it. It's the best part about being an artist. I feel like we get that escape from reality that other people don't. Yeah. It's nice. I enjoy it. Yeah. (laughs) And I think, you know, if more people and I hope that this year for a lot of people made them realize like the the things in their life that don't bring them any form of joy or sunshine or any of those things and just be like, okay, how do I remove this in some way that I can do where I'm at now? Right. And like, I think that we all well, especially with what's happened over the last week or so with Wall Street. We've just realized that money is imaginary and nothing makes sense. Right? It's all fake. It's all fake. (laughs) And then they're like, hey, invest in the free market and buy stonks. But not like that. Don't do it like that. stop that. That's not what we meant at all. Right. Like, no, no, no. We can't lose money. No, no, no. no. That's for you, peasants. Not us. (laughs) Yeah. When when the poor's got involved, then now we're going to get it. We're not supposed to do it. We're not supposed to be smart enough to figure that out. No. We're just supposed to redditors. I pay our overdraft fees and be happy. Those assholes. Assholes. It's criminal. It is. So it's fun to go back all the way through your Instagram and watch your art evolve. And see like where it started and where it started to move. And I watching you go from like the bedazzled stuff to the 40 stuff and then like eek towards what you're doing now with this resin art. Because that's I feel like that's like compounding everything you've learned over the last 13 years mm-hmm. to be like, oh, if I now I can make and putting the light inside is ingenious. Mm-hmm. what do we did okay so i think that if i have you figured out a little bit you just are like <laughs> me where you go i'm gonna do that and then you just go for it there really isn't a lot of thought like past that like you're just like inspired let's make it basically that's actually exactly how it is yeah nailed it my brain works that <laughs> way too well i do have there was an era we, we kind of i don't know if you know sort of or whatever but um i used to run a gallery or oh. an art space and uh, it was actually my roommate and I, we had it for three years in Berkeley. And it was a um, transformative, full immersive art space. Meaning every time people came into this room, and it was a room for almost like a, like kind of about the same size as my bedroom right now. So it's a tiny little gallery. And every time you'd walk in there, it was a floor to ceiling transformation. You were in a different world every time. And so like we took people to like an intergalactic space garden. I did a John Waters living room, like a whole John Waters like a portrait show. We did a dark, we did a cave like with a gravel floor and stalactites everywhere. So like I was obsessed with the idea of interior mode, like just uh, immersive design really. Like I want people like when you walk in a room that I've like either decorated or I did an installation and I want to put you in a different mood and make you forget about the world outside the doors. I want to put you in somewhere brand new every time. And so I became just, yeah, with the obsessive interior with interiors and interior design and what that meant. And so um, when my art started evolving again, I was thinking about like, what would be a cool thing, like functional, like a functional piece of art that could be part of the design of a room. Like, what does that look like? If it's not a painting, what else is it? I was like, well, there's lighting. You know, like, and they're like, that would be cool to have like some kind of cool lamp. And I was just like, well, it would be a cool lamp. And to me, like, you know, being obsessed with like glitter and gemstones and bedazzles and this, 
I always looked at Jello like it was like a gem or like some kind of like, you know, like a ruby. Like this is what like cherry Jello reminds me of. And so it just kind of like, it just kind of went like hand in hand. I'm like, oh, like what if I lit up Jello? Like that'd be fun. And then I was like, well, I'm a resin artist. So I'll just pour it in there and see what happens. <laughs> it was literally how it happens. Pour jugs of, you know, I had all the supplies. So to see if it worked and it did. And I was like, I don't think I've seen anybody do this before. Like I'm going to go for it. No. <laughs> And you don't just like, you don't just pour it in the mold. It's like all of the no. accents. And okay, so I gotta, we gotta back it up. Cause they're okay. not just, <laughs> they're not just like a mold pour. There's elements mm. inside, different mm. colors, different shades of glitters. How long does an art lamp first take you to make? Because that's mm. so many different layers and cure times, right? Mm-hmm. Like if I have everything planned and we're just pouring and setting, each layer is about three days, like two to three days. But then there's, it just depends on what I'm making because I'll hand sculpt the food that's going inside of it. And then you're figuring out like, does the, is the sculpt that I'm putting in there, is it heavier in the resin? Like, is it going to fall to the bottom of the layer and not float and suspend like I want it to? Because then I have to glue it in ways before I pour the resin. So it just depends. Like I have ruined so many pieces. Like there's been a lot of trial and error because I'm just figuring this out as I go. I've had to have certain molds um, replicated in silicone for me. Like I would buy vintage three-tiered molds and they're made of copper. Mm -hmm. So I can't pull resin out of that without tearing or cutting into the mold. Mm -hmm. So I had my friend make silicone replicas of the 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 old gelatin tins so I can make my own resin molds out of them. So... Some have been in the works for like probably six months because I had to make molds and like, you know, yeah, figure that out. And then some are, they are like a little more simple, like a two layer lemon lime jello. That's just like, you know, like a five or six day thing. But then it's like working out like the the wiring and the lighting and then all the little things that go around it to garnish it because you can't have just jello mold. Like garnishing is like the, like that's the best part about 70s you know, like party food was the way they played yeah. it everything. Yeah. <laughs> so you got, so that has to be like on point, you know? <laughs> so um, it depends. Like there's some that have been in works for like a long time. And then there's some that I can just bust out like as accidents and be like, oh yeah, done. <laughs> yeah. I meant <laughs> to do that. Um, yeah, I, totally. <laughs> I got to back up and say what you hand sculpt. Yeah. Like I make all my peas and carrots and stuff and that hot dogs. Awesome. Are you making them out of resin or are you making them out of something else? Polymer clay, usually. Oh, Jesus. I thought they were molds <laughs> the whole time. I was like, this is cool. She must have an extensive blah, blah, blah collection. And then when you said that you sculpted them, I was like, oh, okay. She's mega talented. <laughs> Those, but like, um, like I made a deviled egg clock. Mm-hmm. So I made a, a mold of 12 half eggs, like egg whites. So those I pour resin into and pop them out. And then I'll make the silicone yolk and pipe it on there, like out of a little pipette bag. And those are easy to make. Like, I don't really sculpt those. Too. Look at your face. We're both just <laughs> like, Jesus, <laughs> your brain is so cool. Your brain is so cool. Like, I just like, can I just have like a, like an eighth just of a your talent? I don't need a lot. <laughs> just like a tiny, tiny Do we tiny have to bit. eat glitter? Is that how we get to be you like have to that. drink the paint water for sure. That's definitely part of the process. Okay. Got it. Got okay, it. Got we'll, it. We got that. We'll do. That. Um, as yeah. you says, a disclaimer: don't drink paint yeah. water or eat glitter. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> if you do it, don't tell us about it. You didn't hear it here. Yeah, make it look like an accident. Yeah, because the <laughs> deviled egg clock. I've never been so happy to see a fucking egg in my life than when that came across my I feed. Know, I saw that 
it too and i was like oh my god this is so cute and like <laughs> i don't even like deviled eggs and i'm like oh i need that like why did it make yeah, <laughs> women want to eat deviled eggs right there <laughs> that was like another thing where i'm like how has nobody done this before like how could i was like there's no way like as i make you i'm like there's no way i'm the first one but i'm just gonna keep rolling with it just, <laughs> it's gonna make it happen and i'm like well I'll use uh, red glitter as paprika because I know they're not doing that. <laughs> they're, not, they're not doing it. I know that they're not doing. So They're barely doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I just... So now, like, for you, with creating this resin art, like, is your brain just constantly spinning? Like, do you look through old recipe books, old mm-hmm. images? Like, just... Is you, do you have a Pinterest board that's just jello molds and Pinterest trying to figure out your algorithm? They're like, what's going I on? I do. <laughs> I have a bunch on Pinterest. I do buy uh, cookbooks. I have a little stack in here. Uh, there's that one uh, great uh, Instagram page, 70s Dinner Party. Have you ever heard of them? No. I actually have their, this is like one of my recent books I just got. And it's the 70s Dinner Party cookbook. And oh it's like, God. they have like, Holy it's just like, shit. it's just page after page of like these hilariously... Why did they like, go like, so hard? What happened? To I know, that? right? No, there's some, but so like I'll look. Oh, it's delicious. But like, there's <laughs> <laughs> like a little fat pig on a, a bed of mashed potatoes. Um, As one does. Right. So I'll look at these and I'm like, oh, like that one would look pretty lit up, you know, because some of them are really opaque, the recipes, you know, mm-hmm. they don't necessarily work as a. It, for my art form but i'll see some that look like oh if i put a light in that that's gonna look real nice <laughs> real nice real nice it'll look real nice <laughs> yeah i i was like they just because i was looking at them and like piecing them apart in my brain trying to figure out what each part was made out of and i was like mm-hmm. okay this is like piped silicone fucking rad this is and i was like this is resin molded now i find out it's polymer clay rad <laughs> <laughs> And then I love the little, like, the videos you make of them when they have, like, oh. there's the little backdrops and the music. And yeah. So did all of the ones that you've posted, have they found their forever homes? Yes. All except the lemon lime. It's the only one I have left, which is so great. Because that one, oh, the, one that, the way that one glows is just so pretty to me. I'm almost like, I'd rather, I'll just keep that one if that one doesn't sell. But, yeah, um, yeah it's the only one. Everyone else has found a home. What do your pieces normally go for? Uh, The smaller ones are like around 600. And then like the, um, like the fruit cocktail one uh, was 900. Yeah. And the chipped beef one was 1250 just because that was like all hand sculpted. And yeah, but I'm making like, so I'm doing an ambrosia lamp. I'm actually giving you some secrets here. I'm doing an ambrosia next. Incredible. And have you ever heard of a cathedral jelly, a cathedral window jelly? Nope, Google. Pull it up. Pull it up on the screen right now. (laughs) Because the way, so this one, I'm actually, the way I'm going to have to figure out how to make it has been like, my brain has been hurting over it, but I think I have it figured out how I'm going to be able to pull it off. Is it the cream with the little, with a different color? Oh my God. I can't wait for you to do that. Yeah. So it's like reminiscent of a cathedral window, like a stained glass window, because it has all the different colored gelatins in it. Uh-huh. But you see how they're suspended in this uh-huh. white jelly. So resin doesn't let you suspend anything. Like it's mm-hmm. like stagnant or it's at the bottom, one or the other. So the method that I've came up with it is fucking insane. I'm going to try it this week and I hope it works. Because if it I doesn't, so then I'm too. out of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because so, there's a lot of moving parts to that. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because resin doesn't give a shit. It's just like, it doesn't. 
And it does, but depending on like the degree up or down it is in the temperature difference, it's going to do whatever it wants. It could flash care on me. It could take longer. And I'm sitting there for half an hour holding well, things they, in place, waiting for it to set. I've done that before. Yeah. You're just like, why so. did I do this? Why am I? <laughs> <laughs> I think about that. But then when I pop it out of the mold and it works, I'm like, genius. <laughs> you done it again. <laughs> Absolutely genius. Well, you, you talked about it before we got into the resin mold. You talked about decor and interior design mm-hmm. and you have done, I'm looking at your room now and it matches my cup. Oh, it does. <laughs> it's, a, it's a golden girl's cup. It's so cute. Um, you have taken it upon yourself to make each room of the house you live in like mm-hmm. so different and so cool. Yes. That if I had a million dollars, I'd fly you out and let you <laughs> do my basement because I want it to be like a 1960s, 70s game oh. pad. I mean, you're you're buying lotto tickets, right? Yeah, I will. All right, you'll, you'll, you'll win. You'll get me there. Yeah. You're like, no, all of this money actually has to go to Elrod. <laughs> yeah. All right. Just Taking sign taxes, the, the rest goes to Elrod. Yeah, just mm-hmm. sign the check over. Yeah, she's her. also just going to turn the whole basement into resin. That's it. Watch me. Oh my God, I have ideas. Let me tell you. <laughs> well, I feel like uh. it's such a, like, a resin, last thing on resin, it's such an untapped art form of what you're doing with it. Because I feel like a lot of people right. just do, like, flat three dimensional shapes with things suspended in it. Sure. Because mm-hmm. it's, it, I mean, it's an unforgiving art firm. So I can't wait. It really, and it's expensive as fuck. Too. Expensive as yeah. fuck. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've ruined some before where I'm like, that was just $90 worth of resins right there gone. Doorstop. Get the fuck yeah, out of Yeah, there. basically. <laughs> I refuse to throw them away. I'm like, no, no, you're going to go in this box for now. And it'll turn you later. Yeah, sure no, and no. I've seen, you know, different artists who, and I know I'm my worst critic, where people mm-hmm. love to buy like what's referred to as seconds or, you know, not the top bar ones. People love that. I love that shit. Hint totally. <laughs> wink, wink. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love uh, the interior uh, decorating. That's actually comes from um, the gallery thing I was telling you about. Cause I was so obsessed with it for so many years is three straight years of me just obsessing about this room. I kind of gave up all of my personal art and just made this venue for, and I only showcased other female artists in there too. Oh, I love that. So it was like, yeah. So I was like, I was obsessed about giving a platform to other female artists to be in this amazing one of a kind space. It's all I thought about. But then um, in 2019, my stepdad's cancer evolved and my um, mom was taking care of him by herself but she couldn't do it so I basically I went on family medical leave and I closed the gallery and got rid of all of my stuff and just moved in and helped her caretake with him for a year and um it I I was just like that was the hardest thing for me to do was to let go of that space because mm-hmm. I was in love with it so much I knew how important it was and it felt like it was a magical space like it really was like the things that we did in there were I had never seen before and other people's lives changed from it. So to let go of it, like, oh, it was heartbreaking. It still makes me want to cry thinking about it. So like coming to my mom's house, like she had, you know, she never really did anything with any of her rooms in her house. It just was the same since she had moved in. And so kind of like as my like coping mechanism, I just started redecorating her house and making each room like as pretty and like beautiful as I could for her so that she be happy that I had something to do that wasn't, you know, I wasn't going crazy, just missing having that outlet. And um, I just kind of fell like full into it. Like when I get into something, like I go, I go hard and I don't know how to like something just like a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
Like, I just know how to just like obsess about it or I don't care about it anymore. Joe keeps looking like, at me. <laughs> I know somebody else like that. That's me. <laughs> Podcast <laughs> exhibit A. <laughs> but look at it. It's yeah. so fun to get obsessed about things to me. Like, it's like I said, like, I think doing things like at a mediocre level or just like, you know, like a way without what I mean to say is like, I prefer to push things as far as I can to see where they go. Mm-hmm. Like you look at, you know, way most people live their lives, like very casually, very easy. Like we're very focused on just like the day to day. Like, what if you made your day-to-day, like, the most, like, extreme version of that as possible? Like, what does that look like? Or what what would the product of that look like? That's just kind of how I like to look forward to things or try to get as much as I can out of life in that way. You know, like, that, that excites me. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like, and I mean, that's a lot for you and your mom to go through in not even, I mean, two years. To yeah. both be grieving two very different things, but two very important things to the two of you. Totally. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that, like, God bless you for even, I think it was great that the both of you had each other, but for you to come in and reimagine a space so that it's being created in new light instead of sticking in to where it was at before. Like, what you just did with his office and, mm-hmm. like, working on that is incredible. Thank you. Um, actually I got, uh, a lot of other projects came up while, before I could finish that. And I was just in there yesterday and was looking at it. I was like, Oh, I got to finish this room. Uh, our whole family decided to shelter in place. I say whole, like there's a lot of us, there's only uh, four of us in my family. <laughs> We're a small family and we stick together. And when shelter in place happened, my brother and his wife came here to the house with my mom and, uh, they took, uh, the upstairs room in his office. And so I kind of put that room on hold. But I was in there the other day and I was like, I gotta finish this room because I had some really cool ideas I really wanna see through that uh, will really make my mom really like smile because it's such a homage to my stepdad. Like it's, it's so him that I know she goes, she'll just go in there and just think the good thoughts and just remember all the good shit about him. So I gotta see that one through. Yeah, and be able to pull from one of his CDs, play some music, sit mm-hmm. and relax. No, I think totally. that is, that's such a great, what a great gift to be able to give her because I think we, as people, we struggle to like help people that are in deep grief. Yeah. You know, we just want to be like, I'm so sorry. This is terrible. But like to just take that like affirmative action to be like, okay, mm-hmm. here, sit totally. here with it. That's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. It's a beautiful thing to do. And I, my, um, my mom is like that type of person too. The one that like always is caring about other people and ne- necessarily the things for her. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, I know that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a beautiful way to be, to be so giving and stuff. Like I, I wouldn't exchange it for anything in the world, but man, I would like a day off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I like to give myself a day off. That's what it is. I don't give myself. Yeah. Yes. I know. I oh, make, Lord. it's the hardest thing to do, especially like I've owned my own business for, Ooh, 12 years. I started doing oh, wow. hair when I was 19. And awesome. so it's, you know, that like thing where you just kind of keep moving, moving, moving. And then you get to a level of where you don't need to move so fast, but you're still like being pushed by a freight train. Yeah. yeah you're just kind of con- conditioned after a certain point just to be a certain way. And then when you try to relax, your brain's like, hey, you lazy lump, like go back to work. Yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't you be cleaning something or creating something? Right. It's the weirdest thing. I'm trying to get better about letting go of that. Yeah. Or to be, be more gentle on myself, I guess you should say. It's Yeah, it's hard to do. It's hard to like, and then, you know, spending damn near a year in your house. Mm-hmm. Like, what else are you going to do? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> All right. Our houses at this point are like, why are you still here? Like, you usually just sleep here. <laughs> Did you really move in or what? Because 
This usually isn't our gig. <laughs> so what do you have? What do you have planned next for your art? Where is it going for you? So I'm going to finish out this uh, this resin jello mold series. I have five in the series or five left. So it's 15 piece collection total. I'm going to be shooting a grand finale video of me hosting the dinner party, like inviting you guys into the house. Oh. Yeah. And then I'm going to do the whole spread, the outfit, the hair. That's that's the big plan. So this is my I haven't done a solo show since 2000. This I'm considering this my solo show because I was like, fuck it. When I did it, it was like 2020. I'm like, dude, rewrite the rules. Who said it has to be like at a gallery to be a solo show? No, I'm going to hold like host it online. So I'm going to see this solo show through, do the grand finale video, and that's going to be done. And then I've been thinking about, since I miss it so much, um, hosting and curating another group online show of female artists. I did one right when quarantine started uh, last year, in March of last year, and it was called Quarantine Cuties. And I had 40 female artists uh, all submit art to it. And we sold like over $4,000 or $4,500 wow. worth of art right. for artists who who rely solely on their art, you know, because mm-hmm. we all lost shows back then. And so um, it made me like remember that that whole part of me that is uh, very giving of the platform to other people. Like I don't want it just for myself. As, as much as I can slingshot other female artists ahead of me, mm-hmm. I'm going to do it every single time because their success is my success. It's for all of us. And mm-hmm. so I'm going to do it, make sure I can. So yeah, I love that. So I'm going to do, yeah, do a group show and then just see what happens. I really want to keep doing this whole like interior functional art thing. Like I love the idea of it. I love some when art is something more than you just look at when it serves a purpose or a function, mm-hmm. it really gets me excited in the pants, you know, like yes. I just get real, <laughs> I get real tingly in my <laughs> special place about it. So I'm going to keep doing it and figuring out some cool shit to show people. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, we talk about a lot on the show because there's some people who have collections or antiques or vintage items that just sit and are looked at. And then there's other people that are like, no, this was supposed to be used. It's supposed to be a part of your day to day life, like daily drivers. And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, I well, I mean, we all love old stuff. We all love cool stuff, but it's also mm-hmm. just stuff. Stuff, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and like this last year just made me realize like how ridiculous I want my life to be. And just to not, like I have a porch skeleton that's a four seasons porch skeleton. She just hangs out all year and she changes outfits because I don't care anymore. What's her name? Meredith. She have a name? Yeah. Meredith? Meredith. Mm-hmm. Pleased to meet you, Meredith. Yeah, she's a doll. She's been sitting at the bistro table. She's currently wearing a black, um, like, t-shirt formed into like a 1940s turban, and then oh she god. has a Star Wars shirt and a uh, corduroy uh, pencil skirt. Oh my god! And then she's going to transition into spring shortly, and she'll be standing holding on to my porch railing <laughs> with her hand raised. Stop. Yeah. Yeah, because oh, I just, great. I either slowly descended into madness this year, and this is all like um, it's all the Truman Show for me. <laughs> this isn't actually happening. Or that is beautiful. Yeah. I'm gonna Melissa Daw is going to help me make. I made a my gazebo into a greenhouse this year. Oh, out of amazing. all like reclaimed, thank you, reclaimed materials. But I, uh-huh. um, I'm also obsessed with pink, and I'm gonna paint that fucker white and light pink and. Oh like baby blue and I'm going to hand carve like little finial, like little (gasps) plaques to put on the front of the entrance. So it'll be like a spider and a spider web and something else, a skull. Stop. It's topped with a milk glass lamp. Like I took a lamp apart and put it on top. Cause I was like, why not? (laughs) 
Well, you'll be sending me pictures. I oh, yeah. See and I'm okay. going to turn we'll my uh, shed into like a gingerbread Victorian. <laughs> my- <laughs> I almost like fell back in my chair. <laughs> my mom, so she's already planning her summertime outside. She's like, you know, I'm going to need to get like a little shed for the side of the house so we can put our foldable chairs. And I was like, why don't we turn it into a little gingerbread house? And then she sat there and my mom's like, she's enough of like a crazy, she's not like, like super out there artist, like weird, but she's just enough of an outlandish person where she's like, maybe I do want a gingerbread shed, <laughs> a ginger shed. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> yep. There it is. From the great white North to the bays of California, the ginger shed movement has swept the nation. Where's Sears when you need them to send a fucking kit to somebody's house? The ginger shed. Oh my shed. god, right? The full uh, kit. Oh, look at us. Pioneers of the ginger shed movement. Don't right. fucking take it. Do you guys want to make gingerbread houses for Christmas? No, ginger sheds. We're making ginger shed houses. Hell yeah, yeah. we are. We're not doing that little shit. We're going big. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm I'm my husband was like, um, what if we like sell the house? I was like, when are we selling the house? And then he just was like, <laughs> right. And I was like, <laughs> I'm like, I, two things I want to happen. I want my, the neighborhood children to think I am a witch. Yes. Whether a good one or a spooky one. Yes. I also want my neighbors to just talk shit about what I'm doing at my own house. Cause I just want to live yes. rent free in <laughs> the conservative neighbors that I have. I mean, whoever I end up buying a house next to, they're either going to love or hate me. Cause one of my big plans off top is to remove all the grass and replace it with glow in the dark fish rock. You stupid bitch. I love you so much. That's so cool. See, we're putting in a yard and we're doing one. I told my husband, I was like, let's just do like a gravel pit so I can put flower beds. I'm putting fish rock in it. Fish rock, dude. That shit glows. I am totally. But going back to ginger sheds, number one, if a house had a ginger shed in the back of it, I would buy it solely for the ginger shed. Number two, my next door neighbor growing up had a gingerbread playhouse in her backyard and she was an old ass crabby old lady. We knew and thought she was a witch. Me and my brother would break into the ginger shed r- regularly mm-hmm. and go in there and steal some of her shit. And I swear to God, that poor old lady. <laughs> this is like she repressed memories I haven't thought about for a long time now coming back to the surface. You're welcome. Like, like they just unlocked. I'm like, oh my God, we used to steal like her son used to be a scuba diver and she used to, he used to bring her seashells like but big conches and stuff. Uh-huh. And we would steal them and then give them to my mom as like Mother's Day gifts. And she still has some in the house. <laughs> yeah, I think there's one in my bathroom now that I think about it. Confiscated conch shells. <laughs> oh Contraband. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> oh, Christ on a crutch. I oh, am. Shit. Greg, Gray's going to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> the game just on? went all the way through the top of his program. It's like blew his eardrums out. Yeah. Sorry, Sorry, Gray. Gray. <laughs> um, oh, Cackles run wild. Yeah. <laughs> I told you, which? Uh, uh, just getting into it. Um, I, last thing on houses, I want to talk about this darling dollhouse you're making. Miniature. <sighs> Oh, it's, it scratches all my itches for me. You got little... When you went to that stupid store in Sacramento... Barbara's goddamn elegant dollhouse. <laughs> I want to slap Barbara. I called her today. I called her on the phone. I was like, Barbara, it's Leanne. Remember, I was there yesterday. <laughs> she was like, oh, yeah. Hi. Hi. I, I for her, yeah. 
Uh, Because, yeah, so yesterday you went to a store that sold just dollhouse stuff and it was like in glass cases, like an antique store. Yes. And I have never like wanted to not like somebody for liking what they liked. (laughs) more than to be like wow this girl's living out my full ass wet dream walking around a store full of miniatures i love miniatures like i have miniature dollhouse candlesticks in my type tray upstairs stop it so was it i want like an immersive experience into what that was like for you to go okay to just i mean everything okay did it sp- well, let's start from the top. This whole dollhouse thing came out of nowhere because my sister-in-law, who's living here with us, is she's a miniature obsessed person. Like she makes minis, like the foods, like she collects, she's collected them for years, but she's never had anything to put them in. She's only had like shelves and she'd put things on them, right? And so her birthday was last year. And our family, just since we were all stuck indoors together, we went all out for each other's birthdays and we made like these really awesome pr- like birthday parties just for oh, us in the house. Yeah, we went, like, all out. And so then, like, me being, like, the weird, obsessive person, I'm like, how do I go all out for her? I'm like, I'll build her one of those dollhouse kits. Like, how hard can it be? It's got to be simple. Because, you know, like, whatever. Little girls make these. They don't. Their parents make them. (laughs) And so (laughs) the kit came. It weighs, like, 60 pounds. I'm like, what the fuck did I get myself into? You're like, I just wanted one house, not a neighborhood. Yeah, I know. Seriously, this thing was so heavy. And it just evolved. And I didn't realize just exactly how much I would love this process. Like just reading the manual word for word and doing what it said and make and watching it happen, the immediate gratification of watching these pieces grow and make a house. I just become like obsessed with it. And I have fallen in love with the process. So here I am, the house is almost done. I'm actually probably going to finish the roof shingles tonight. And my sister-in-law, she sleeps in the room above me. We just sit there. We'll, like, sit there with, like, her minis and, like, place them, like, for, like, an hour and, like, move things around and, like, arrange them and have discussions about decor. (laughs) And I'm like, why is this so much fun? Like, is this just, like, some childhood fantasy? I'm finally getting to live out with my own money? Like, no one can stop me? (laughs) Like, this is amazing. So... She's upstairs and I get a text at like 1 a.m. And she's like, bitch, there's a dollhouse store in Sacramento. And Sacramento is only an hour away from us. And so what do you think happened? We woke up and we went to the goddamn dollhouse. And that's where we met Barbara. We don't know her sister's name, but her and this, her sister have ran the store since 1976. And so they like over 40 years of running this dollhouse store. They're little tiny little wee women. And the second you walk in there, I mean, I was amazed how many people were in there keeping these old ladies busy. But you walk in and it's like, there's old uh, collections from other like old school dollhouse makers in there, like as displays. Uh, We found out that like some old ladies, like this one guy, his uh, mom is in a convalescent home now. Like she's super old, but she has this beautiful mini collection and she's not doing anything with it. He doesn't know what to do. So he has it in there. He put, took it to the dollhouse place. And now it's there on consignment, you know, to buy her stuff. And she has, like, the most gorgeous, like, she has a bunch of, like, fake, like, jewelry on displays, like, vanity items, like, just super glam little pieces. But, no, you walk in and every case was just, like, filled with beautiful period furniture. So, like, there was some from, like, the 40s. There was 20s French Nouveau style that was absolutely, like, I was just salivating seeing some of these pieces. And they're so reasonably priced and they get tons of inventory in. And you walk around and one of the little old 
with you just tell you stories you had you didn't even ask her she'll just tell you like the story of like where it came from and next thing you know like hours have passed by it's like a time warp in there but it was just, it was such an experience i never thought i didn't even think that stores like that existed out here to be honest with you mm-hmm. but it turns out that's one of the only ones like in the northern california area of its type and it is just a gem and a half. I, <laughs> me and my sister-in-law were laughing because a lot of their stuff is like dusty and unkempt because they don't, they're so busy. And there's these little ladies and they don't really, you know, do too much in there. I'm like, I want to volunteer at the dollhouse store. I want to give my time and I want to go there one day a month and dust off like a little section of the minis and, mm-hmm. you know, re like stock their stuff for them just because that's how much I believe in it. Now. <laughs> like, that's how much I want to be like, like their little mini maid. <laughs> Basically, <right? laughs> and let's be honest, I'm the biggest thing that store's ever seen. You can like, <laughs> like make a little tiny <laughs> mini feather duster, yeah, right? I mean, that's it's just it's so fun to sit there though and like dust these little things off and place them back in place with a little pair of tweezers. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> I was gonna ask a don't question that nobody awesome. really understands. I was gonna be like, are you, do you talk to little things too? Like, you're like, okay. And then you go back yeah. there, and then you go, just go back And then there. you go right there, and that's where you live. That's uh-huh. your space. Okay, good yeah. job. Mm-hmm. I'll see you later. And then next. <laughs> I'm like, you like it there? No, you want it over here instead? Okay, good. All right. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> yeah. like it there either. It was bad. <laughs> I do. I'm still trying to decorate my house, so I'll be, keep moving stuff. And my husband's like, what the fuck? Just leave it alone. And I'm like, no, he doesn't like it there. Mm-mm. He's like, he. I'm like, well, yeah. Henry the hippo does not like sitting oh, there. Oh yeah, he's particular. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I'm moving it. It's like a goose. A okay. happy house hippo is a happy house. No. <laughs> um, speaking of true happiness in houses, um, it's time for my favorite no. part of the show, which is the mm. estate Let's sale walkthrough. Let's just skip it this time. Um, it's it almost ruined Jill and I's relationship several times. So. <laughs> Must be a good time. It's a good time. Um, So for those of you unfamiliar with the estate sale walkthrough, every week on the show, I write up a completely imaginary estate sale or swap meet or garage sale or what have you scenario. Yes. 100% (laughs) fake. Yep. The area is fake. The antiques are fake. Everything there. Regret is real. Very real. You'd leave only (laughs) with regret and doubt. Ah, damn Mm -hmm. it. So there are several scenarios that are set up and you can only pick one item from each scenario. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And in today's estate sale, we are headed to a swap meet. Of course. Mm. Why not? We're in Mm -hmm. California. We're going. We don't have those here. (laughs) Good weather. Let's go. Yes. We're up bright Mm. and early and we're ready to find some cool shit. Mm. The first table we see as we enter the swap is filled with artwork, but not just any. It's velvet paintings. Do you pick, this was fun, a large Beyonce painting dressed as a cowboy, <laughs> a unicorn, oh. or Dr. Frankenfurter, all painted oh on God. black velvet? <laughs> Do you just sit there and be like, oh yeah, this is going to fuck you up. <laughs> That's going to be good. <laughs> um, I <clears throat> am going with Dr. Frankenfurter. Why? Oh. Why not? <laughs> Somebody walks into my house and I'm like, oh my god, you collect velvet paintings? Is that... Yep. That's It's old Doc Frank. Jill. Oh, Elrod. What are you picking? I'm gonna be honest here. I'm gonna say I'm gonna probably 
work on top of the previous artist's work and pick the unicorn and then bedazzle and glitter it. Oh, yes. Because a bedazzled velvet painting mm-hmm. is the best oh. of the velvet paintings. They are my, I love velvet paintings. Same. I know, they're super fun. Mm-hmm. They're super hard to make. Yeah, I couldn't imagine painting on that surface. It sounds very unforgiving. It's the surface and it's painting backwards. Like usually painters paint from dark to light. You paint from light to dark. It's not, it's, it's it's a full reverse negative painting. Well, and it's done in, we did, um, we've talked about it before on a show and we did some research on how they're made. Like, and in the factories that they're made in, like in Mexico, they work in stations. So like you get the piece at this point every time. And then you oh. pass it to the next person. So it's like an assembly line of people creating. It used to be creating the velvet wow. paintings. Wild. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah, they just be like, here you go. And then you do the whatever the next part was. Wow. Yeah. Jill? I'm going with Bay. Oh. <laughs> Queen Bay? <laughs> Yippee-yay, Bay. I mean, she's yeah. just like... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> eyebrows went up when you did that. <laughs> it was like a reach. you wrote it just so you could do that. Nope. The yeah. joke just came to me. How they all come to me. Because I'm insane. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's a nightmare, really. Poor Jill. Uh, the next booth we come to, we see other tables filled with various odds and ends. And this is more of like one of those like junker tables where they're just selling shit they find. So they're selling by the box. It's They're ready to get some shit out of their way. Do you yeah. grab a box of cast iron dollhouse items, a box of broken costume jewelry, or a box of ribbons, vintage ribbons? <laughs> or a box of ribbons. I like old ribbon. <laughs> I like, what, what ribbon? Are you tempted by the ribbons? Yeah, I love... <laughs> I like old like remnants of things like ribbons and fabric and buttons and like, yeah, don't like you had me at the first two and then you went and ribbons and ribbons. Yeah, I know. I was like, what's the last one going to be? It's like, oh, ribbons. Ribbons. Sorry. Great. Cut that. Don't keep the ribbons. They're shaming me. (laughs) Shame rattled. A a box of, I don't know. No, keep the ribbons. You own those ribbons. ribbons. A box of broken glass. For you too. Sea <laughs> glass. Oh man. I feel like the easy answer for me, just because of where I am in life, would be the dollhouse, but the dollhouse items. But I'm gonna stick with classic Elrod and get the busted costume jewelry because lots that, of potential. Me, there's a lot of potential there. You can make some small shit out of that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm gonna go with busted costume jewelry. That's what I'm going with too. And out yeah. of spite, I'm going with ribbons. <laughs> Yep. And that's why regretful feelings when you leave these. Yeah. These yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So when you guys get home and you're like, fuck, those ribbons are cool. <laughs> lots of, it's just lots of ribbons, like winter ribbons, craft ribbons, wrapping ribbons. I can just see you running to the table. Ribbons! <laughs> Give it to me. It would be, it would be between that and the, the costume jewelry, really. Cause yeah. I use the broken pieces in my paper houses. Yes. Oh, see? Yeah. Um, okay, we have a couple more booths to go. This next yeah. booth is filled with ephemera from all areas of life and the world. Mm. Oh, man, I already regret everything. Do you choose to pick through? And you can get as many as you want, but you can only pick one section. Mm-hmm. Vintage advertisements. <gasps> tickets, stubs, and like um, movie theater advertising. 
Mm-hmm. Grocery ads, oh. carnival ads, or beauty ads? Oh, Jesus. This puts me in quite the conundrum. Quite the conundrum. I'm sorry, I made fun of your ribbons. There you go. Hi. You guys both got <laughs> it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, look what you've done to us. I, oh, man. This was hard for me because I love mm-hmm. ephemera and I love old. I just love it all. And I, because I, I've collected a lot of beauty stuff in the past mm-hmm. and I'm into just a little bit more obscure things, I'm going to go with grocery store ads and mm-hmm. like different things like that. Different mm-hmm. bits like advertising nonsense from that just sounds like really bright and interesting. Yeah. I'm torn between the uh, the advertisements mm-hmm. or the the beauty stuff because the beauty stuff lends itself to a lot of decor. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can just frame that, and put that anywhere in the house. But then with the old school advertisements, I used to have a real big appreciation for the illustrative techniques from back then, especially yeah. when they were like car ads. Mm-hmm. And there's some really famous car uh, artists because I'm obsessed with old cars too. So some of those old school advertisements, like even like the cigarettes, like mm-hmm. those ones, like the terrible stuff from back in the day, like I, I love, those. I, love, I yeah. have, advertisements. yeah, go with those, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to go to the circus. <gasps> oh, I know, <laughs> fun stuff. Yeah, I used to with advertising stuff at this antique store I used to go to. There was somebody who had a booth, and it was just paper, and they had old like Saturday Morning Post or whatever Saturday Evening Post pages that they had cut out of the magazines and then plastic wrapped like sealed them on a piece of cardboard and I used to spend hours at that booth looking for like the most obscure stuff because they'd have like sheets of music or old like lithograph prints just the coolest and then I found two at the DI the other day I found a soap ad and a cough drop ad which I thought was perfect for the year yeah (laughs) I love that stuff Okay, <laughs> this is the last one, and it's more of a, like a hypothetical and like maybe a little time travel-y, which we always mm-hmm. borrow from Bill and Ted. We just borrow their phone booth to time travel. <laughs> Got it. If you could have a cocktail with one of these people, who would it be? Mm. John okay. Waters, Divine, or Selena? Mm. Divine. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's a tough one. I would pick Divine also. I'm gonna go John. Yeah. Ooh, John John old John Waddy. Johnny. Sorry, Salinas. <laughs> we love you. I know we do love you, Selena. <laughs> I used to work for a guy. He was like my mentor when I first moved to the city. He was a, a re- he still is a really well known artist. And he actually went to art school with John and Glenn Divine in Maryland. They in Baltimore. They went to school together and um they lived together for a short period of time. In Malibu. So when oh. um, when John and Glenn started hitting fame and they got this house in Malibu, my old boss, Mark, drove cross country. He went to go buy cigarettes and then like never came home. He just like went out and like left everything behind and went to go live with them in L.A. And um, there's just so much I would love to talk about because he shared with me a lot of stories that I nobody would know, you know, because they there's such intimate habits right. they have as friends. Right. And I would just love to talk to him about some of that stuff and just share things with them. That'd be really fun. Yeah. Get yeah. that, the, the third person aspect of yeah. the story. Yeah. Oh, that would be so cool. Right. Yeah. Definitely divine. Totally. Yeah. 
<laughs> all right, Miss Elrod, where can our listeners find all your stuff at online? So on Instagram, I am at Mexikitch. It's M-E-X-A-K-I-T-S-C-H. Uh, my website is mexikitch.com. So I filter out all the nonsense and put all of my quality artwork on there. <laughs> when I sell things, like when I do t-shirt sales, things like that, it happens all on my website. Uh, but you can find my daily happenings and my dollhouse diaries happening on Instagram. Yes. And yeah. we, of course, will have all of that listed on our website and our Instagram. Thank you so much for sitting down with yes, us today. Thanks. I've had an absolute fun. ball. <laughs> this has been so much fun. Thank you for having me. This has been great. And to hear even more of the things we talked about today in Elrod's episode, stay tuned for the Curio Corner. And now it's time to take a deep dive into Elrod's episode in this week's Curio Corner. My face hurt so much from smiling and laughing after we got done talking to her. I know she was so fun. She, she's like that, like that long lost family member. Yes. Yes. Like it was like, I could totally see all three of us just chilling, talking about hair, talking about art, talking about vintage, having a great old time. Working on our miniature dollhouse. Yeah. <laughs> just me it. standing in the corner and be like, no, Mm. No, that doesn't look good there. You got to put it. No, no. Oh, yep. There, right there. Good job. Yes. Yeah. She, I, and also sidebar, excuse my voice. For some reason, I decided to Phoebe Buffet this part of the episode. <laughs> I don't, I woke up this morning and my voice was like, just kidding. Psych. You have things to do. Just, you can't. It's fine. But yeah, I was, you know, we had first talked about her in Photos Obscure episode with Rebecca, mm-hmm. and I had been following her for a little bit then on the Mothball page, and I just was like, fuck it, we have to talk to her. We have to talk to her. And the day, oh my God, the day we sat down to interview her, we had so many kerfuffles. Oh, it was like the universe, I was like, is the universe telling us something? Should <laughs> right. we like Should we just cancel? go back to bed and start over? <sighs> like. At anything that could have gone wrong that day did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I miss sent some emails. We had the time screwed up on both sides. So she was like, I was like, oh my, it was just like, and then we get on and we're all just like, I'm so sorry. And then something goes wrong with the fucking like audio equipment. And I just was like, I swear to God. Oh, and then I started reading the wrong intro from a different doc. <laughs> I'm like, I promise it's not our first episode. I promise. I know. I just want to be like, so yes, we're new to the biz, but not <laughs> brand new. Not all the way new. Not all the way new. And we wanted to start this Curio Corner with a couple of little business corner things with the show that we have coming up. And we just released um, on our Instagram this week, first to the Patreon, they will see any and all new merch ideas in the works and when they first launch, we launched our brand new Fire King inspired mothball wear this week. Oh, it's so I love it so much. And we started we started working on it with this lovely angel of our new graphic designer, Lindsay. She is amazing. And we went to her, Jill and I did, and we were like, Jill loves Pyrex, we love Pyrex. We want to make our own version. That speaks to what the show is. And she really knocked it out of the park. Really? Yeah. And that was 
like it was so nice to like tell her what we wanted and she just grasped it. She mm-hmm. knew what we wanted and she just went with it. Yes. And um and she uh, sent us hand drawn sketches of what it looked like. And we were just like, you know, we want to have <clears throat> sorry. We want to have one pattern that kind of mimics and harkens back to like kind of Amish butter print and um the friendship pattern where it's that kind of repetitive design that tells a little bit of a story. And she came up with this design, which is our for the birds mothball wear. Yeah. I like to say this is my print. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Cute little chicks in the kitchen baking with me. Mm-hmm. Helping you out. Helping they, me out. They came in to um, help you clean. And then they were like, we're so sleepy. Yes, and then we're going to fall asleep in this cute little teacup and these bowls. Yes. This little kettle. And it's in this beautiful monochromatic blue design, which is also very much Jill. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the other one we created in two colors. And so there's the Mothball Wear Green with Vintage Envy and the Mothball Wear Orange Oasis. And they are the same design, um, just different colorways. And this one is most definitely me most definitely we have my favorite part of this one so it's the one of the there's orange and yellow and there's green and yellow and my favorite little motif is i asked her i was like can you incorporate like a jackalope into this yeah she was like for sure and there's a skull and a cat and there's also some um inspired like glassware pieces on these we were so excited and we started working on this when did we start working on this beginning of november yeah i think so yeah, to get it ready for this time of year. And we have it up on our T Public website on t shirts, bags, phone cases, coffee cups, stickers. And if you are a member of the Patreon, you will get a sticker of each design in your Patreon package this month. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Ooh, ooh. We're very excited about these. Um, we've looked at them for a long time and I'm still not tired of them. They're no, so I'm cute. Not. And we are. We're working on getting the like long design worked out onto glassware. That's just a little bit more complicated than we initially anticipated because I don't make glassware. No, we've ne- we're not in this kind of biz. So no, no we don't know what, what we, we're doing. <laughs> no. <laughs> we also talked to um, this month for our Patreon episode. Every month on the Patreon, we will have a... Uh, featured either guest or episode or live stream, something like that. And this month for the month of lovers, we got to sit back down again with our favorite Australian guy, Hayden Peters. Yeah. It was so fun to sit down with him again too. Mm -hmm. He is an angel and his episode will be out the last week of February. If you want to get on the Patreon, it's still not too late. You can do that. And that I think, that wraps up our business corner. Let's get into this curio, shall we? Yeah. I mean, we didn't have a lot. It wasn't there wasn't a lot for us to really look up, which sometimes make it makes it challenging for us. <laughs> and other times we just like keep going with it. Mm-hmm. Um but we did talk about a couple of things, but one of the things we wanted to clarify uh was we said witchy poo. Mm-hmm. Was the cart was the witch cartoon, but it was actually witch Hazel from Looney Tunes, and the other is well, the forty. Yes, because I know what a forty is. 
and you know what a 40 is, but then I was, I most definitely know what a 40 is. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so we, um, so we talked about it and thought listening back that others, you know, probably don't know what a 40 is. I might not. I also was thinking, the kids who are listening don't know what this means. And then I'm thinking, why are kids listening to this? They shouldn't be listening to this. <laughs> Unless you love vintage, then I'm all for it. But <laughs> Yes, and welcome. But don't yes, underage you. drink don't. 40s, please. No, don't no, because ne- we didn't do that. Never. Mm-mm. Yeah. So, okay, so a 40 is a malt liquor beverage, and it's often sold in a 40-ounce glass bottle. Uh, malt liquor is a strong lager or ale which, in which sugar, corn, and other unmalted grains are added to the barley to boost the total amount of fermentable sugars in the wort. Yeah, it's kind of like what yeast is to bread. Like it acts as Uh-oh. the... So okay. the wort is like the mixture of all the yeah. ingredients and in barley and whatever that's uh, yeah. fermented into the beer. Um, but this, so that essentially just the, the, a boost to the final alcohol concentrating without creating a heavier, sweeter taste. And um, it's not bitter. No, and it's cheap. They go down quite smoothly mm-hmm. like water. And there's lots of different varieties of them and different uh, types that you could get. You know, like one of the most popular 40s is an Old English or an OE 40. <laughs> you know, there was, there's all those different ones and they're iconic in hip hop culture. That's where, like, I first learned about them as a child watching MTV was that, you know. But (laughs) my sister-in-law and I, we were, so where I'm from in Shelly is very small. And the liquor store is in the gas station. And we went, one day we were going to (laughs) craft. And we're like, let's go to the gas station and get some alcohol. So we go to the gas station and she's like, we should probably just get 40s because they're cheap. We're like, okay. So, which they had at the time, which doesn't technically qualify as like this type of 40. They were Bud Light in the 40s. Oh, yeah. So we each had one, right? And we were very excited to craft. And so we come skipping out of the gas station singing, who be drinking 40s? We be drinking 40s. And we're bouncing them, right? And then Uh, my mom comes around the outside of the gas station with her window down and her eyebrows (laughs) raised. And I just, and then my little brother's looking at me and I just looked at my mom and I was like, hi, mom. She's like, what are you doing, miss? And I was like, we're going to drink 40s. (laughs) (laughs) We're like, see you at the house. She was very disappointed. Very. So my sister-in-law and I now will just randomly sing, who be drinking 40s? (laughs) We be drinking (laughs) across the yard to each other. Yes, I can. I can 100% see you. My husband also, did you ever play the game Edward 40 Hands? No. So I never played it because I don't hate myself. But there you would duct tape 40s to your hands. Let's see if we can Google it, shall we? So you would you would duct tape 40s to your hands and the object, like any drinking game, is to drink it as fast. It's not too late for you to do that, Jill. Isn't it? I don't even have to type it all the way in. Oh, man. Edward Forty Hands is a drinking game that is funnier than anything else. It's more of a personal challenge to drink as much <laughs> beer as you can. Set up. Have a friend duct tape 40 ounces to each of your hands. After the 40s are taped to your hands, rendering them useless for anything else other than lifting the delicious malt beverage to your mouth and drinking. And then this is what it looks <laughs> like. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, look, somebody's doing it. it looks like with sweepies, oh. some gin- some ginger ale. So, um, my husband has done this. It's very typical. See, huh. well, the yeah. things you learn. Yeah. Oh, look, there's a picture of oh. Edward Scissors hands playing Edward Forty hands. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's that. God, that's funny. So that was um, just the other interesting 40s information you should know. Again, don't drink kids. No. Also, Edward 40 Hands is a, is a summer game. Okay. <laughs> it's not made for winter. It's too much beer, guys. Don't drink it. Okay. And it will make you. Oh, God. Just so much beer. Right. And speaking of throw up, you were headed straight for vomit. The other thing we talked about in this episode was John Waters. And John Waters is kind of known for um, some shock value in cinema. Mm-hmm. So this is from just Wikipedia and some YouTube stuff I watched today. Um, John Samuel Waters Jr. was born April 22nd in 1946 in Baltimore, where he was raised. Um, in the early 70s, he rose to cult fame for his films, Multiple Maniacs, Pink Flamingos, and Female Trouble. Those were like his really early kind of controversial Movies Uh that also featured Divine, which was his childhood best friend. Um, Most known for his film Hairspray, which was an international success and was adapted into a Broadway musical, which Divine plays Tracy Turnblad's mother. Harris Glenn Milstead was John Waters' childhood best friend. And plays the mother in Hairspray. He's also in a multitude of John Waters' other movies and art. Um, not only did John Waters write and direct Hairspray, he also wrote and directed Polyester, Crybaby, Serial Mom, Pecker, and Cecil B. Demented. I loved Crybaby as a kid. Of course I did. It was one of my favorite, favorite films. I would watch that and Hairspray and The Labyrinth and then anything by Mary-Kate Ashley Olsen over and over again. <laughs> over and over again. <clears throat> But that wasn't the only thing that John Waters did. He had uh, writing and guest starring also added to his credits. He also creates art and he agreed to donate. I thought this was interesting. 372 works of art of his own collection in his own art, as well as pieces from other artists, including Andy Warhol, Roy Lichtenstein, um, Kai Toombley. I've never said that name. I'm sorry if I'm saying it wrong. Cindy Sherman, and more. In recognition of the donation, Waters requested that the bathrooms in the rotunda be named after him as recognition for this donation and nothing else. Like, just name the bathrooms after me, please. I enjoy that. I, I want that. So much. And then another fascinating living piece was in 2012, John was like, my life is so overscheduled. This is the motif he used. He goes, my life is so overscheduled. What will happen if I just give up control? And he hitchhiked from Baltimore to San Francisco and just was in like, I don't know that he really carried anything with him. And he was picked up by a couple different people twice because they were like fascinated by it. So they started to follow him. And one of them was a, a Republican councilman from a small town in Ohio. And at the culmination of this hike, he wrote a book in the journey titled Car Sick. And you can find that still today. John Waters has, he's the one of the most interesting people. I love just that he's always pushed the limit. And today I was watching some interviews from the eighties and nineties and they were making me quite mad because the people that were interviewing him were just trying to get him to admit that he was fucked up. And like, why is he so interested in this stuff? It's disgusting. 
instead of actually interviewing him as an artist, they were just like, don't you realize how messed up you are? And like, how do you enjoy this? And what's wrong with you? It was just very like inflammatory and aggravating. I was like, I was really, really frustrated by it because. Yeah, it's hard to look at interviews back then because that's really what they asked half the time. Yeah, it was really uh, accusatory and antagonistic. It It was yucky. But that was that was everything we talked about this week that she covered her art so beautifully for us and the techniques that she uses that those were the the things that stuck yeah. out to me and you. Yeah, and like her dollhouse that she's working on. Ugh. Can't wait to see it all done. It's incredible. She posted some stuff on her Instagram with the last couple of weeks about she's now starting to decorate the interior. <laughs> and one of her friends is designing one of the rooms and it's like the dollhouse's rock and roll room. I know. And there was like a little table with like a little tiny miniature bong and like a little tiny, was it one of the Jesus candles or was it just a picture of Jesus? The picture. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. She is, I highly, highly, highly encourage everybody to follow along. She shares fire memes in her Instagram stories every day. Oh my gosh, those are amazing. The best. She shares a lot of really great um, BIPOC, LGBTQI plus information. She shares her miniatures, her art. It's just, she's a real good follow. Real good. I know. Her darling Chihuahua Prudence. Oh my gosh. I, like through the whole thing, you'd see Prudence's head pop up and go down. Okay. Pop up and go down. Still talking to my mom? What are you doing? Are you done yet? I need some dinner. Nope. Okay. <laughs> um, no, now I'm obsessed with her artwork and I'm trying to find if I can sell a kidney on the black market to get one. Oh, right. <laughs> it's incredible. I want her to bring back her t-shirts. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. So in honor of Elrod... And big hair. This month for the Patreon cocktail hour, we are going to be throwing it back to the 60s. And I'm going to do the biggest hair possible. I know. I don't. I don't know what I'm going to do. We're. It's going to be a. You got to stay tuned to see. You got You could take inspiration from Edward Scissorhands, like some of the hairstyles. I was thinking maybe Tiggy. Ooh, I love. Yes, please, please. Like the Asian version of Tiggy. Incredible. Of course, to follow along with everything we talked about on this week's show, follow us on All the Nonsense. We post everything mostly on Instagram at the Mothball Prophecies Original and on our Facebook. Um, We post some more behind the scenes looks on our TikTok at the Mothball Prophecies. And to really get like the most inclusive view into our lives, join our Patreon. That's where we share all of the behind the scenes stuff in our Instagram close friends. We share everything we're working on first. All the behind the scenes stuff is up on our Patreon all month long. And it stays there. When you log into our Patreon, the, uh, the backlog of all the episodes will be there for you to enjoy instantly. Yes. And we uh, so we also want to take this time to thank some of our Patreon subscribers. Yes. We have a couple well, more since last week. Yes. We've added some. So thanks, guys. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, really. <laughs> so we want to thank Scar somewhere in space we're assuming they live in space there's no address i hope you um were in mars watching the um mars rover land mars flight control with the lightsaber sticks yeah guiding it down he's like guiding it down he's like right here guys right here right here and done you're good good um and then also julia in sweden who listens to the episodes first because she's in the future yes (laughs) it like it trips us up every time (laughs) every time like 
Um, and Jasmine in good old Kentucky. Kyla in Indiana. Mandy and Riley in California. Where everybody in the United States wishes they were right now because they're having the most yeah. normal weather patterns. TC <laughs> mm-hmm. Lionel, Melissa, Christina, Erica, Becky, and Ashley in Idaho. And like we said before, to join our Patreon and see the tiers we uh, have listed, visit the link tree in our Instagram bio. And you got to, guys. We've got monthly perks. Mm-hmm. We have great stuff coming out all year, too. I'm stoked. Yeah, we've got some really great stuff planned. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to show you all. And as always, a gigantic thank you to our support team here at the Mothball Prophecies. Gray for making us sound good every week. And spell check. For making us look really, really good on paper. Really good. Makes makes us sound like we know what we're talking about. I know. And like we're really smart and like, yeah. Educated. She's amazing, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As always, we hope you find some good shit. And please remember to look under the tables. Mm-hmm. Bye. Yeah. Bye.